Hello and welcome to episode four of the Pitmen Pod. I'm Ryan Hillback. I'm delighted to be joined by the club secretary and Mr. Hensford Town FC himself, Terry McMahon. Terry, how are you? Oh, I'm great. Thanks. Thanks, Ryan. I had to call you Mr. Hensford Town FC because you are pretty much the embodiment of what the club represents. I just wondered for those of us, um, well, for those listeners who might not know, what exactly your role entails at the club? A difficult one to answer, really. I mean, obviously, my role as, as club secretary is, is to look after all of the football administration, um, liaison with leagues, the the football association, county FA, etc., and other clubs. Um, obviously, in the way uh, the, the the club is currently structured, um, I, I have to do a lot more than that on a day to day basis. Um, sort of a, a de facto general manager, if you like, just, just really to keep things going sort of day to day. Um, just being there for other staff, you know, if, if they've got any issues that they need sorted and stuff like that. But, um, but no, it's, it keeps me off the streets. As <laughs> How long have you been involved with Hensford? I mean, I know it's been a while, but do you, when, when, when did you first start um, at the club? going into my 30th year at the club now. Oh, wow, that's such a um, brilliant. Yeah, uh, I, I, I first got involved in the mid-1990s um, while, while the club was down at the old Cross Keys ground. Yeah. Um, I, I got involved from the, from the point of view that um, two of my three boys have played football um, at, at a reasonably good youth standard. Um, and... Um, at the time, in the, the the junior team that my son, the eldest lad, played in, um, there was a there was a, a guy who was on the committee at uh, at Hensford Town, and he basically suggested that we um, link ourselves to the, uh, to the to the football club, and very quickly it grew in strength and. From, through the late nineties, as the, the as the club was in its um, its pomp, really getting promoted to the conference and uh, having those great FA Cup runs that everybody remembers, it was so easy to run junior football because everybody everybody worth his salt, every kid wanted to be at Enter Town, and we had some really great youth teams during those days. Um, you mentioned just um, kind of like um, Hensford's heyday in the nineties. Um, one memory that stands out for me is the is the Middlesbrough game. What are your memories of that of that day? Uh, it, it was a fantastic day, to be honest. Um, it, it was probably the pinnacle of the club's achievements to 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 go to a club like Middlesbrough in front of twenty seven thousand fans, um, and. The memories from the day are brilliant. You know, Joe O'Connor, who uh, was a, a great Hensford Town player, um, you know, the club's record top scorer. Um, he um, he scored two on the day and was just, he just matched all these Premier League stars. He, he, he was brilliant. You know, we lost 3-2 in the end, but you had the whole of Middlesbrough applauding the team off the pitch. It was just great, really. Great day. 
I mean, the club obviously means so much to you and you dedicate so much of your time to it. What is it about the place that makes it so special for you? Um, the people. And, and it's always been that, really. Um, when, I was, when I was involved in the uh, late nights with junior football and then I got involved with the youth team when we, um, when we uh, restarted the youth team because... Hensford always had a very good youth team, even before we moved up to Keys Park. But when uh, the club first moved up to, to Keys Park, it was felt that it was more important that we had a reserve team uh, rather than a youth team. And um, so, so the youth team, uh, as we were one of the founder members of the Midland uh, Flooded Youth League, um, was curtailed for about probably three or four seasons. Um, then in the, the very late 90s, sort of 98, I think it was, we uh, we restarted it and um, very quickly re-established ourselves as a very major force in the Midland uh, for the UK, um, attracting some very good players and developing them and some of them coming through to first team. Um, so so it, was, it was really a good time for uh, to be around the club. But, but all, all, all the way through, there's always been great people around the club on a sort of a voluntary basis coming and working, doing things for the club, uh, whether it be grounds maintenance, all sorts of things. Day-to-day uh, -day, uh, matches, you know, you, you, you've got a, a, a crew of people who seem to have been around the club forever, uh, but are always here every match day to help out. Um, th those sorts of people... When the club has had its difficult moments, you know, it, it's, it's at those sort of times that you really push yourself to say, well, I've got to try and resolve this one way or another. And it's really for them because without the club, I don't think they, you know, they'd know what to do with themselves, you know. Yeah, no, that's something I've definitely picked up on. Um, I was just thinking, it, it seems bizarre, really, because when a team are relegated, there usually isn't such a positive optimism heading into the new season. But everyone seems so positive and up for this campaign. Is that something that you feel as well? Very much so. Much more than than you would expect. But, but there was something, a very significant thing this year in the fact that we almost lost the club in the summer. Um, we, um, well, sort of early summer, I should say. We, um, for, for, for a, a week or so, we were in real, real deep trouble. And I think uh, as we came out of that and we found the solution to it, um, as we came out of that, I think um, we're so much stronger for it as a group because of the way everybody rallied around the club. Supporters, sponsors, everything. It, it, it's been a very, very positive five or six weeks. What was that first game like for you? Um, I think it was Steriport and then um, the, the, the home game. Um, the team is eluding me at the moment. Um, the first home game that we played in pre-season. What, what was that moment? Uh, Rushall, that was it. Um, what was that moment like for you, actually watching a game at Keys Park after what happened in the summer? Yeah, the the the, the friendly at, at Stoutport that you first alluded to was almost like business as usual. It's the start of a, a new season. We're going out, we're going to have a game at Stoutport, which we did. But the first home game against Rushall 
that, that was massively important for, for, for on many fronts, really, because um, first of all, we've got a really good working relationship with Russell Olympic. Um, John and Nick Allen are very good friends and have been for a long time. Um, and they, they had just had probably a, their most spectacular season ever for, for Rushall, getting promoted to step two um, and winning two county cups. They basically equaled everything that we did in um, uh, 2013 uh, when we did exactly the same and got promoted to step two and won two county cups. So, so it's a fantastic season for Rushall. And, and, and for, for Rushall, particularly a McDonald who, who really uh, did sort of work his magic to get a team available to come over to us that night at, at very short notice. Um, I, I, all I could say was just a, a massive relief. But when we, we saw that there were 733 people turned out that night for a, for a, for a, a home friendly, oh, it was amazing, really. So, 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 yeah, it was a very special knowing that was. Um, earlier, you were mentioning about the successful um, youth sides um, that uh, Hensford have had. I'm um, just thinking of a few of the players that have played for, for Hensford, Ashley Williams, Cohen Bramall and a few others. Do you take a sense of pride when you see those players going on to, I don't want to be disrespectful and say necessarily bigger and better things, but maybe league football and reaching those heights that they have? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I, I mean, especially from... Uh, the background, if you like, uh, that I alluded to, that uh, that I came from, which was development football, you know, involved with junior football teams, with the youth team. The prime example of the, uh, the, the prime reason for having the youth team was to get the very best 18-year-olds that we could and try and prepare them for first-team football. And the number that came through our youth team to the first team was just terrific, really. You know, Jamie Osborne, um, um, God, trying to think of all the names, Reese Stoich, all of them. There was loads, and they just came through in a, in a long procession. Um, so so we, we, we like to feel that we contributed something towards um, the, the development of the first team during that period. Um, so, some of those players should have probably achieved even more. Um, some of the players that, that, you, that you mentioned, uh, Ashley Williams, for instance, he, he was just one of the great achievers. I mean, he was he was about who just he was never beaten by anything. He, if, if somebody doubted his ability, he would just get better and stronger. He he, he never. He was one of the most mentally strong footballers I think I've, I've ever sort of come across. He was he was pretty special bloke. He was. Yeah, no, un unbelievable career. Um, and it's nice that obviously Hensford have played such a big part in that. Um, we've had some pretty well-known managers um, during your time at the club, thinking of Frank Sinclair, Nicky Eaton. Um, what's your relationship being like with, with the managers? Um, obviously, we've got Danny and Dan now, um, both been on the podcast before and both really good football people and not nice chaps as well. What what has your relationship been like with managers over the years? It's always been very good for the simple reason I've always I've always done everything that I can to support them. So so you know gone through hoops really when they've been trying to sign players and get them registered at short notice and whatever whatever's been needed I've always done my best for them. I, 
some managers you will get on with on a personal basis more than others because you've got, if you like, a personal affinity with them, a, a better personal relationship. But, but I can honestly say that all the managers we've had, even though you sometimes have differences of opinion, we, we, we've had some some great times, you know, and some uh, met some really good people over the years, you know, um, really good managers. Um, yeah, and some of them sometimes go unnoticed. I mean, my, my first uh, managerial appointment, really, um, was um, was right away back in 2009-10, that sort of time. Um, and we, 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 we had an issue in the fact that um, there'd just been a structural change at the club. And... Um, I was effectively here as a club secretary in a very new role for me. Um, there, were, there was very few support staff. The guy who had been the managing director, uh, Terry Brumpton, had left the club. And we, we were a little bit sort of thin on the ground, let's say. And then during that summer, um, Steve Price, the chairman, uh, had um, an accident while he was down uh, in Dartmouth and was confined to a wheelchair for about three months. And and during that period, um, it just so happened that we were in the process of recruiting a new manager. So um, with Steve confined to a wheelchair down in, um, in Dartmouth, um, it was a case of me doing all the interviews, being a relatively relative novice um, to the uh, first team scene, feeding the information back to Steve as best as I could by phone and whatever means, um, and, and then trying to uh, get the recruitment done. Well, during that first period there of recruitment, we, we brought in Rob and Larry, Rob mm. Smith and Larry Chambers, and um, their first year we were in the Southern League, they got us to the playoffs. Um, we were then moved laterally to the Northern Premier League, and they got us to the playoffs again. And uh, we got absolutely battered 5-0 in the first playoff game up at Bradford Park Avenue. And I've never been on a more dejected coach coming back from a game as I was on that day. And everything went very quiet for about two or three weeks. And it was obviously the end of the season and nobody was talking to each other. And I thought, oh, what the hell's happened here? Um, starting to doubt whether we'd ever see Rob and Larry again. And then suddenly, the one night, I got a call off, off Rob Smith. Um, can you meet me down the club? We've signed in a player tonight. So, uh, sure enough, I, I met Rob down the club. Um, we signed Neil Harvey, who came in. He was the, at the time, he was a striker, but captain at uh, Marine uh, in Liverpool. Um, when we signed him, it was just the catalyst for... An absolutely unbelievable season because we put a side together for 2012-13 that was just beyond belief. And uh, that season we got to the um, to the playoffs. Um, we beat AFC Foyle in an absolute brilliant game at, at Keys Park, uh, where we won on penalties, in which uh, our current assistant manager Dan Crane absolutely shone. Um, and and then we, we played FC United of Manchester in the final in front of almost 5,000 supporters, and it was just unbelievable. 
you know, it was a great, great season. Um, that, that season, Rob was effectively working without Larry because Larry had um, um, a year off because he was just starting a new business. Because was working as uh, Rob's number two. Um, but what people outside probably didn't realise is just how much uh, Larry was still helping Rob behind the scenes with player recruitment and stuff like that, which was his forte. So, um, so now I still uh, remember Rob and Larry very fondly. They were they, they were really good management team. That that first year, uh, sorry, first um, period that they was with us, um, everything was good. Uh, Darren Campion was probably the the best captain in non-league football for a two or three year period. He was just incredible. Um, and and the, the season, that, that, that team achieved great things. So, um, so yeah, we some great managers. Um, uh, yeah, no, you certainly have. I, I mentioned him earlier, but he had an unbelievable, well, sometimes infamous Premier League career as well. Frank Sinclair, what, how, how did you get on with him? Because he's quite a big name in, in football. Oh, I got on with Frank really well, um, but but we we had um, we we were in a really poor situation that season where we'd had um, the, the the guys who we were going to appoint as um, the team managers right at the start um, decided against it. This is if I if I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure I do. Then then we brought in. Um, Bernie McNally and and Chris Brindley, and it, it, it didn't go particularly well. Oh right, okay, yeah, I remember what happened. Uh, basically, um, Rob Smith and Larry started the season, and then they they went to Telford at the end of August. Um, we brought in Bernie uh, McNally and, and Chris. Um, and they had quite a decent spell, um, but we didn't make a great deal of progress um, on the on the fields. Um, I think that they would probably say that they inherited a pretty demoralised group. Um, and Frank Sinclair um, sent his CV into us, and, and, and we gave Frank, Frank the job, and he. He, he was very professional in how he approached things, um, but I, I'm not sure whether our environment was just not just not conducive to to a manager from that sort of background coming in. You know what I mean? Um, the, I, I think what what the expectations are that he, he, is that the players behave very professionally, but but a lot of the players that we have were semi pros or amateurs. You know what I mean? So, so, so something didn't quite quite happen. The results didn't come our way. The morale of the side was pretty good right way up to the end of the season, but but unfortunately, it was a season where we got relegated back to step three. And um, what about um, Dean Edwards? His um, time at the club because ex Wolves player, another um, ex uh, sort of div- first. I think he played in second division. Um, play with quite a good footballing CV. Um, I think we had Tyrone Barnett and Ross Draper and won the Birmingham Senior Cup, is that right? Yeah, they, they, they were really good players. Um, Dean Edwards' was, time was, it, it was it was great. I mean, we, we, 
we had a very young Elliot Dull in the um, in the side. Um, we had Tyron Barnett and Ross Dyer as well, and um, the the side. We, we also had um, uh, a Portuguese lad named Desiel Gomes playing at the back. I remember him very well. He was a bit of a Rolls Royce, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a, a real fan's favourite, Desio was. He, uh, he used to, um, he, he, he was a proper continental centre-half, you know, he'd play football out the back. And uh, we we used to play with a back three, with wing-backs, and play with a two up top. And we were a proper good counter-attacking side. I mean, we, that year we got to the third round of the uh, FA Trophy. Um, and we only lost one nil uh, right towards the end against uh, Forest Green away from home. So it was a, a really good run that was. Um, I think all, all I can say is uh, I, I think uh, when we lost in the FA Cup um, the following season, um, that that was what um, sort of ended Dino's time really at the club. But, but he, he, he was a, a, another great character. Um, nobody loved winning like, like uh, Dean. Um, and um, no, he, he, they, they were good guys. They, they've all been great to work with. Um, and how about um, our current manager um, duo, Danny and Dan? What's your relationship like with them? <sighs> Couldn't really be better, I don't think. Um, Dan, Danny Glover. Um, has had a number of spells with, with the club since we signed him as a player from Bradford Park Avenue uh, or some years ago I'm trying to think of the year but um, probably about 2014 maybe 2015 um, and he's had a few spells with us on a number of occasions there's been either a big behind the scenes issue or something something that's been a real problem and Danny has always been a first port of call to help sort it out. And he's never let me down, ever. Um, so, you, you know, I've got massive respect for Danny and his dad, Dean Glover. Um, Dan Crane, you, you, you're talking about a, a guy who was an integral part of the, the side that I mentioned in 2012-13. Uh, the thing that stood out for me with Dan Crane was he was just a magnificent shot stopper, particularly penalties. You know, and, and the two penalty shootouts, the one against AFC filed that I mentioned, and then the one away at West Auckland where we were down to nine men in an FA trophy, FA Cup replay. And um, down to nine men, and we still struggled through to uh, the penalty shootout at the end, and then Dan came to the rescue again. He, just just a, a, a really great lad, you know, and when Dan Glover told me that he was bringing in Dan Crane as his number two, I was, I was delighted, really. I think it'll be, I think it'll be great for the club. Um, I think all, all I would ask is that supporters be patient while they get their stamp on, on, on this new, new team that they've put together. Um, but the early... Uh, signs that I'm seeing from uh, from this team is that they're going to do very well. So, um, but but now the the two Dan's are real good lads. 
Um, one of the things I'm always things I'm always struck by um, when I come and watch a Hensford game is just how good um, our hospitality is. Um, is that something that you pride yourself on, welcoming other teams, welcoming other people? And do you think that helps create better relationships between Hensford and other clubs? Oh, it absolutely does, mate. Yeah, it's very important that, that, that as a club that we maintain our standards, and you know. Um, We've always tried to do that. Um, we've always tried to to make sure that uh, guests who come to the club are treated like guests. Um, you know, uh, uh, it, it's absolutely crucial uh, for, for the club that we've seen in that light. Um, you know, so so yeah, we we work hard on that. Everybody does all the stuff. And do you think that's something that Hensford experience at other clubs as well? Do you get that in return? Well, you do. I, I, I think everybody wants to wants to make a good impression for for, for their guests at, at the club. Um, some clubs are exceptionally good at it and resource it so well. I mean, I, I remember a few years ago going to Harrogate Town, and it was just it was quite unbelievable. Their um, hospitality it was just incredible you know we had, we had such a great time there you know it was it was like stopping in a four-star five-star hotel you know they, they were they were brilliant but but now you know even all, all the clubs that we we go to you know um certainly last year at step three they, they would always try to create a, a good impression for their visitors um and are you Involved, obviously, you alluded it to earlier. Involved in things like player registrations and sorting out the referees, and there's so much to your job that probably people don't realise. Can you tell us any maybe um, funny anecdotes or anything that sort of happened that fans might not be aware of? Funny anecdotes. Uh, I can't think of any funny anecdotes. Most of the time, it's um, at panic stations because something ain't happening, you know. But um, you, you, you're right. Registration of players is very important. There's the certain certain rules that the league have got. You know that you have to have 16 players registered before the start of the season. Um, registration opens just after the uh, constitution of the league is um, uh, is confirmed at the AGMs and, and so on. Um, the, this year, um, we've now got 21 players registered. Uh, that's all been done. We have to use a new system called IFAS, which is effectively the professional game system. The FA have moved it down. Last year, they moved it, moved it down to step three and four. So uh, we're now covered by the IFAS system. But after the initial teething problems last year, and it did cause a lot of clubs a lot of problems, um, it all seems to be moving very smoothly now. So uh, all our registrations have, uh, have been done. And uh, now we're all ready to go from that sort of point of view. One of the things that I didn't realise um, that you did, that I sort of saw it towards the end of last season, was you even input the scores and, and things that are happening on an app. Is that right? Yeah, but again, that's changed this year. Um, that was the uh, Southern League um, methodology. The, 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 the Southern League have got a very good match um uh control system basically it's all, it's all done through their website 
Um, so you're logging your team into the website and then everything is printed out, team sheets, or everything is done from the website. So it's a, it's a really smart little system. Again, that had a lot of problems at the beginning of last year, particularly dovetailing with the new IFAS registration system that we had to do, because if the IFAS system didn't effectively communicate to the league system, you, you couldn't you couldn't put any of your players in because they were registered on IFAS, but the, it was the league website that used to allow you to select them for your team. So that's where all the initial problems were, and there was a, a period of a few weeks while it was being debugged that we were having to move from the system back to paper team sheets and it was really difficult you know a really awkward period but that all got sorted and it works really good now but now that we've moved to the northern premier league their, their um system is different they actually do their team sheets through the ipass system so so that's one thing but the input of, C, uh, of information for the live match information for the northern premier league is done via the football web pages uh, website. So the, there's a little bit of double entry that you have to do. Um, but but no, it, it, it'll work okay. It'll just take a day or two to get used to it, I suppose. I'll, I'll probably do something wrong in the <laughs> If it's anything like that VO system that we uh, that we had a go at sorting out against Barla, then we're in for a, a technologically challenged period. Um, yeah. Uh, it's a part of the uh, the podcast, Terry, where um, a few people have asked a few questions on Facebook to put to you, if that's okay. Um, yeah, Tr- Trevor Edwards is asking, um, who in your opinion, I-, I-, I had to think this myself, and I thought almost it's a nigh on impossible question, so good luck. Um, who is the best Pittman player to have played um, on our hallowed turf whilst you've been involved in the club? It's really difficult to, to answer that one, you know. Um, because you you, you you get players that, that people attach the label legend to, and it's very easy to do that. But but I mean, I, I look back on, on on certain players, Dan Crane, for instance, as a, as a goalkeeper. He's already played nearly 350 games for Hensford. I couldn't believe that when he mentioned it last week. It's just (laughs) unbelievable service. He's played 350 games, and I would class him as a Hensford Town legend, but he's still got more football ahead of him yet. Um, Marvin Robinson. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was a very good player. In the twilight of his career, really. I I, I mean, he, he, he was already... He'd had so much wear and tear and injury through through the professional game and, and whatever. Um, he was constantly under treatment and, and whatever. But but again, he was absolutely brilliant when he played for us. And, you know, when you get a player who scores a hat-trick against Stafford Rangers mm. and pulls us out of the jaws of defeat... And instant legend status, yeah. It's, it's, you know, instant status. But... but also, there's been some great defenders over the years. There's been some great midfield players. And then there's been the odd one or two really top strikers. But if I had to say who was the best player, who is my 
Hensford Town all-time probably favourite player. He's basically the player who made the most impact on me in the very early days, and that was Joe O'Connor. Yeah, um, uh, Daz Ball in the comments has said that as well. Um, and there's a few other mentions like Steve Essex and Chris Brindley as well. Steve Essex and Chris Brindley, both club legends, yeah. Steve, Steve Essex was a great player. I mean, Steve sadly has, has, has left us. He's, he's passed away, um, I think it was last year, maybe, yeah. maybe even before that, maybe the year before. And... Um, Steve was actually at our school. Um, he went to, to my school in St. Chad's College in Wolverhampton. And his brother, John Essex, who, who, who was also passed away, was actually in my class. So, you, you know, I had a, you know, more than a personal connection, really, with, with Steve. He was, he was a great lad and, and a really nice bloke and, a, and, a, and a, just a mammoth footballer. And there, and there is one uh, very famous picture from the... Uh, Middlesbrough game where uh, he's um, they're leaving the field and he's shaking hands with Fabrizio Ravanelli and it was just a colossal performance by Steve Essex in that game against you know a World Cup player he was just brilliant in that game yeah, um, apologies for the um, the, the sound on my laptop. I was just looking at um, looking through um, uh, some tributes to Steve. Um, it was uh, June twenty nineteen. He passed at the only the age of fifty three as well. Um, fifty eight, sorry. Um, as you say, um, just a wonderful, wonderful player. And I mean, I never uh, met him or anything, but sounds like a really top guy as well. Oh, he was great, yeah, and um, a very sad loss, both him and John. So. Um... So, yeah, but he was a terrific player. Joe O'Connor, I mean, somebody who goes to middles and scores two goals, and absolutely, he was running international players ragged. He was just a proper handful. He was a, he was a terrific player. Um, yeah, he, he was probably the player that comes back as the, uh, the one that I would say was the top player. Um, Richard Guest is asking this again. Another impossible question because I mean you can't say Messi or Ronaldo or George Best to this one because you know it's got to be realistic. Um, who's the one yeah. player that you'd have loved to have seen at Hensford? Um, it, it, it is a difficult one. I, I, I mean, is there a player that stands out in your mind that's played against Hensford maybe? Um, during your time at the club that you think, gosh, he would be a sort of an unbelievable fit for us? Well, there's been many like that. And, and, and to, be, to be fair, Hensford being the, the sort of side it was, with the sort of managers that we've had, we've always gone out to seek the best non-league players that we could, you know what I mean? So, as a, for instance, the, the, I'll relate the story about Rob and signing Neil Harvey. Neil Harvey was was one of the top players in our league that year, um, um, which was like the, the year ending 2012. And Rob immediately went out and signed him and, and brought him in. And the side went on to great things after we'd, we'd signed him. The, 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 there's been loads of players like that over the years, but, but we've never given up hope of, of bringing in players of that calibre, you know what I mean? I can't really think of somebody who I would say 
I wish we'd have signed that non-league player. When we've we've always signed good non-league players, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's difficult because I was just trying to think of somebody myself. I mean, I guess recently, probably Dan Adoa at when he was at Telford um, and knocking around the kind of the lower leagues before there might have been somebody that um, Hensford would have picked up. But as you said, right in the catchment area in the Midlands with so many big clubs um, around, you know, your Wolves, your West Broms and, and Birmingham's. Um, how big is it that Hensford is a place that young players can come and develop? I think that is is one of our historically one of our greatest strengths. You know, we, we we've had so many players that have come here that have um, come as either as a rejected youngster who's been released by a football league academy, um, who, who's then come here being exceptional at non-league level and found their way way back to the football league. Um, I mean, I've done personally done many uh, transfer dealings where we've, we've we've actually sold a player to. Um, well, we had Elliot Durrell went to Wrexham. We had uh, Chris Clemens went to Mansfield. We had uh, James Wren went to Stourbridge. All sorts of them, you know. So, so um but 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 certainly the ones that go into the football league you know uh, we, i think jamie osborne i think he had a spell at grimsby um he's, in, he's now with Solihull. he's one player jamie osborne who should have done so much more one of the one of the most naturally gifted footballers that, 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 that we've had he came here as a youngster only 15 16 played for our youth team made the first team by the time he was 17 18 um, and he, he was just terrific. He, he, he had a few injuries. He had a shoulder injury that was very troublesome that kept him out for a, a period of time. But, you know, he scored in the playoff final. He, he scored a goal from 60 yards against Brackley here at Keys Park, where he, he um, lobbed the keeper. Well, he, he wanted to lob. It was a driven shot from in his own half and beat the keeper hands down. And then a few weeks later, he went and did virtually the same thing at, uh, away at um, Lowestoft, um, beating the goalkeeper from about 50, 60 yards. I mean, he's just a terrific, terrific player. So talented. Yeah, it's just um, such a such a hotbed of um, young talent that's that's come through. Um, just finally, Terry, before we finish, um, new league this season. Um, how do you think we'll get on? And um, don't want to give it the kiss of death, but can we get back at the first time of asking? Um, th- there's no reason why not, but I think we, we have to be realistic um, of what we've gone through. Um, we had a very difficult period a few weeks ago. Um, we, we had to put everything on the back burner and delay everything. Um, and Danny couldn't start his recruitment early enough. Um, we just didn't know what the position was going to be. Um, what I think both Danny's have done in the period that they've had from when they were given the green light to start recruiting, I think has been quite remarkable. I think they've put a great squad together. There's a lot of experience. There's a lot of players 
who are here for the right reasons. They want to be here. They want to play for Danny Glover and Dan Cray. And I think that will set us up in, in real good stead. Um, the other thing, we, we've got a lot of travelling to do in this league. And um, out of the 19 away games that we've got, we've got coaches planned for 14. So there will be a lot of away trips where we're all together. That will be very good for bonding the team together. I think uh, we could be a reasonable team on the road if we can if we can make Keith Park a bit of a fortress where we're very strong on our home surface. Well, you, you just need to do the maths. Then we'll be we'll be up there. But I don't want to put any pressure on the lads. I know what they've got to do. They 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 put a side together. Um, and that side has got to gel. But um, the early signs are very good. We're playing some very good football in the friendlies. Um, let's see. But I, I, I wouldn't like to predict anything, really, because I don't want to put pressure on anybody. No, that's totally fair. Terry, thank you ever so much. It's been a really interesting um, to chat to you about behind the scenes, really. Um, and thank you for everything that you do for Hensford. I know that that's going to be something that the fans um, will want to say to you as well. And thank you too, Ryan. Brilliant. Thanks, Terry. Bye now. Bye. Bye. Bye.